family, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, yeah. We are knee deep in the land Believe that. Morning combat back at it on the scene. Crispy and clean Cleveland, Ohio, Friday, August 27th, 2021. Two days out from Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. This Sunday night, Showtime pay-per-view. On the ground to break it all down. We've been there. Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell with you for the press conference, with you for the public workouts. We'll be with you for the weigh-in on Saturday. But today, Luke, we got a set the weekend show. A live one, so expect it to be a little rusty and wild, right, from the uh, this, this these uh, asbestos-filled surroundings that they've set us up in here. Yeah, it's not like a, I was going to make another rusty joke, but I'm not going to do that. Continue, good sir. No, oh, wow, all right, all right. Uh, so we've had fun this week. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna rock out here and set the, set the stage for all things Paul Woodley, all things UFC Fight Night Saturday night. PFL back on the radar as well as the as the playoffs continue and all the latest in combat news. Hit you with a little dead wrong. All right, maybe touch tips on the way out. But Luke Thomas, um, we joked around just 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 before the cameras turned on. We're like, you know, what's our tip of the week? And you're like, fuck Cleveland. I did say that. Okay, I was um, mostly joking. Can, not, not not entirely. Can you mostly. update you know your own personal journey here? Um. Eh, Cleveland kind of sucks. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot of these Midwestern cities. You're like, why is it there? Um, but, you know, listen, the people are nice. The food, I will say, the food has been surprisingly much better than I thought it would be. But, like, the downtown area. Food's been good. Food's I wish, been good. BC, I wish I had more hands. I'd give that downtown four thumbs down. <laughs> and defend myself as I'm walking. Uh, Luke, I want to meet I, the they, person, they, though. They put us next to a – you guys, if you've been to New York City, it's right, actually right across the street from the New York Times. There's this place called the Port Authority. It's like the bus depot, basically. So it's like it's all the bridge and tunnel, like our producers, Matt. And then, you know, all of the – just the walking dead, basically, <laughs> coming in and out. We would call a place like this growing up – you could die there. Yes, that's all we would. That's how we. <laughs> they put us next to Cleveland's Port Authority, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, so great. it's been fun going outside, uh, dodging, you know, get, getting knifed and other things. There are le- there are less fortunate people out there, Luke. If you can show a little respect for that, I, because of your um, <laughs> otherworldly passion for your cité, for Washington D.C. I mean, you even flashed that trash uh, stash you got right here of the tattoo that even Jared heard. Hardly, no sold you hard. No, okay, I was by so, the way, I was so fucking no bitter about that. Hard. He did. I want to meet the Cleveland donk who is like all about this shit on a Luke Thomas D.C. level in terms of Cleveland. Jake Paul. Yeah, that's, that's that's fair. That's fair. I mean, when you if you're from this place and you in conversation to me refer to it as the land, <laughs> <laughs> you're probably a little too enthusiastic about this place. All right, all right. Um, does it have old Marietta vibes or no? No, old Marietta is worse. Cleveland, Cle- like I said food here. Um, I've been impressed so far. It's, it's de- you had a meal. We should acknowledge this. What was it, the first night we were here? So Wednesday night? It was a top uh, three all-time meal. Right? No, it wasn't that good. No, it, it was, was really good. It was good. It was good. For, for us in the, in, the, in the Black Liver Society, it was really <laughs> good, okay? Uh, but it was good. But the point being is, like, you couldn't deny the food was nice. The service got questionable at the end, but for the most part, it was pretty good. And the, and the seating in that like, sort of corner area of the downtown was actually pretty nice. So food and, and people here, nice. Downtown, mm. 
All right. All right. We'll keep that going. Um, like the video. Subscribe to what we do here at Morning Combat. Yeah, we've had our, our schedules were, were, were in whack there. We hit you with a late Thursday show this week. You didn't get your typical Wednesday episode, but normally it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. LT and the BC hitting you up 11 a.m. Eastern uh, right here where you are right now. So um, let's get to 100K. OK, we'll say that. Also, uh, Gaff, we still tell people to vote for some podcast award. All right. Well, why don't they do that? Okay. Why don't you head on over to worldmmaawards.com slash nominees under the category of best MMA programming you will find morning combat. Okay. Are you going to tell folks about what it says about you on my Wikipedia page? You are going to find <laughs> the American Alpha. Brian Campbell, okay, um, yeah, American Alpha. That is, well, look in 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 the in the in the, in the Great War of North America in terms of MMA media and journalism. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I had to take a stand. I must protect this house, mm. right? You've taken too many L's against that country in your career. Mm. I, the American Alpha, have to stand in and be like, enough of this. So the, the, the lineage breaks right here, okay? When you look at yourself in the mirror, how often do you just weep? <laughs> <laughs> or how often do I have uh, uh, Dirk Diggler type moments? Probably never, I'm guessing. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> but you can imagine what it'd be like. All right. Also, uh, 30 days free of Showtime, the only place in the States you can watch Bellator MMA. You got championship boxing. You got all the good shit. I now, wasn't even... there supposed to be the David Benavidez fight, but it got uh, pushed Rescheduled, back. yes. So yes. it's not going to be tomorrow night. Not going to be tomorrow yeah. night. So, uh, but Showtime Championship Boxing is going to be back with a big one, with a big fall. So get on that 30 days free. And also, uh, why don't you buy our merch? It's not available apparently yet, but couldn't you see what the... The merch folks, what our guy Krupp has cooked up right here. I just Luke. want you guys to Can know, you zoom BC, in has, on this? BC has clearly never gotten this kind of attention in his life, and you gave it to him. And now he's literally wearing a shirt with his fat <laughs> face on it. And I kind of <laughs> like it, actually. Yeah, it was, a, it was a pre-health intervention, BC, on there. But uh, I hear that this will be for sale. I hear there's some Factory Town MMA in the works, okay? so then There um, needs to be. Morningcombat.store is where you can find the 2.0 launch, and it's, it's, it's doing well. And we're, we're loving it, so hopefully you guys are, too. Uh, we'd love to see it on your bodies. You know, you said that the worst way possible. <laughs> yeah. I'll use my hands, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Luke, lot of, before we get into the five, five topics, hit you with the setup for the weekend. There's a lot of talk and I wasn't going to bring this up because to me, it's like, get that shit away from me. The idea of me going to, you know, an abortion rock festival in my, in my home area of the Webster theater in Hartford, Connecticut later mm-hmm. this fall and going to see dying fetus with you. And, uh, no, I, I'm not. You know, I'm not about that shit. I'm not about that life. I'm. I'm not trying to connect with that side of the, uh, of the, of the, you know, the afterlife. I just, want to, I just want to point out. I took my pregnant wife to a dying fetus show, and she loved it. Yeah, you're less man. You, the American Alpha, you are less of a man than she was eight months pregnant. But there are a out. lot of creative. Now, I think you and I can, and Mikey, our producer, can both agree that there's been an overwhelming response it's, to this. It's more or less, not quite, but it's more or less upwards of eighty, sometimes ninety percent, depending on where you're looking. I mean, the people are um, really into this idea. I just feel like it's so, very. I think it's a little. So, it's a little hypocritical if, 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 if. I'm using that word. Wow, wow. You make me do the the tap dance with the wheel all the time, and then you don't own up to your end of the bargain. Hey, I, I did drink out of that shoe. Which was and which was which was awesome. Which was awesome. You speaking, nailed it. Speaking of abortion rock, imagine the things that have been done inside that shoe. Yeah. I mean, that's just disgusting. Sh- that shoe was an abortion. I mean, that's really what it was. So I'm just saying this. If you want to be taken seriously at all as someone who can, you know, can dish it out and take it, 
one concert is what I'm asking you to. You're I'm trying, asking you to you're 50. To, you're trying to say Lithuanians have soft skin? I'm trying to say this is your chance to man up right here. You're trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> uh, so my point in bringing this up was not to delay the open of the show, even though that just comes natural. I mean, it's just incredible, right? It's just it's uncanny. It's uh, What I really wanted to say, Luke, was uh, a lot of people said, okay, BC, if you're willing to do this for the brand and for that gram and for the nookie, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, what if on the flip side, you had a home and home deal, you had a rematch clause in there and you basically said, I'll do this for you, Luke Thomas, but you come with me to like the jam band summit of like dead in company. And we go backstage with O'Teal and we hook up with Bob Weir and John Mayer. And I'm like, Luke, this is what it's all about right here. Okay. okay? Are do you I, feeling that? Bro, are I, you feeling that? Do I have to do it sober? Have, have you ever done the show sober? <laughs> <laughs> as, long as, as long as I can be uh, high as a kite, yes, I'll go. All right, you will immerse yourself in I'll that. I'll go, in I'll that. go. Oh, wow. You, wow. Dude, I've had to take my wife to concerts so she didn't go solo, like, for years. And yeah. Would you get a little, a little uh, bayamo, let the rhythm take you over? B- bailamos, you mean? Uh, I'm, I'm, I really have a very Which means, Americanized way like, of, of looking at pronunciation. Like let's dance, we dance. Um uh, no, well, she's she's into black metal from Europe. I told you that, dude. So it's a lot of like. Yo, this chick sounds hard, bro. Yeah, dude, she'll fuck your ass up, you know. <laughs> Yo, and then her brother will fuck you. He'll just fuck. <laughs> He'll just fuck. That's what he does. All right, yeah. <laughs> the, dude, yeah. the best part is, I can do all that. They're never going to see this. <laughs> no, they have no chance. Never. No chance. You could cut promos on your father. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We could we could reenact Goodwill Hunting. And I could remind you that it's not your fault. You could be, but then you'd have to hug me, which yeah. you don't want to do. I've, I've learned my lesson. Oh, only on camera. Uh, Doc <laughs> Five. They say they say we're filming a Doc Five. I don't see the Doc cameras anywhere. Anytime the good shit goes I, down, I have later, to say the Doc effort this week, week. Wow. Week. Wow. And that's me saying it. Wow. All right. Normally, they're dude. Normally, this is true. They're in my face to the point where like, please get the fuck out of my face. I have to tell them to stop. I don't even. I've seen them what once, twice this whole week. <sighs> We are repair. We are mending fences, though. This week, we're having reunions. We're um, we're seeking out peace for ourselves, for others, Luke. Okay, and that's a commendable move. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. We're gonna get two con- two different countries together. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a heartfelt. It's gonna be great. You'll see it on Doc Five, hopefully. All right, Luke. Let's get into it. No, no need to to prolong this pain any further. Let me hit my ISO cam and hit you up. Our opening topic, of course, is why we are here. Sunday night Showtime pay-per-view, 8 p.m. Eastern, the start of your five-bout pay-per-view main card. But it's what the questions have not yet been answered in terms of the ability, in terms of the integrity of whether Jake Paul, one of the biggest brands out of nowhere in this boxing pay-per-view game, stepping up to the most dangerous challenge. We know the storyline's coming in. Tyron Woodley, the former UFC champion. Luke, you and I this week have had the pleasure of sitting down with them at the public workout, although neither one, from a physical standpoint, really revealed much. We got to be there with the near melee at the press conference yesterday. But this time, it's about the fight this week, Luke. Anything you want to tie up loose end-wise that we learned potentially about this fight from the experience the last 48 hours? I think that... um, I think that... Everything that we kind of thought before seemed to pan out. I didn't come away with anything changing directions for the most part, but I want to say two things. One, I think both fighters, uh, which you know you can call Jake Paul that. I mean, he's a, he is a licensed professional boxer at whatever level, but he is one. Um, he has taken this very seriously. Every indication from every person around him and himself 
pretty much indicates, unless they're all very much on a program to just lie to the media, which can sometimes happen, but... That's yeah, standard operating procedure. Yeah, but, but not like to this extent. Uh, they would, this would require a lot of lying on a lot of levels, and I just don't see that. Uh, so I think he really prepared. I think Tyron Woodley really prepared. And I was texting with a guy last night who was a radio host in D.C. He was asking me, he was like, dude, Jake Paul's not really going to beat this guy, right? And I, I was trying to, because he was like, isn't Tyron Woodley legit? And I was trying to explain to him, like, yeah, dude, but dude, Tyron Woodley in his time, A-plus athlete, decorated champion, one of the most difficult weight classes. Um, but, you know, there's this reason and that reason for 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 not uh, believing that he's at his best now. But this is the point I wanted to make, and this is the one I just want to keep coming back to. Listen, if you think that Jake is going to go in there and starts Tyron, I completely understand that worldview. And similarly, if you think that Tyron is is capable of things that we have just not really given formal credit to, I wouldn't even really deny that. What I, would, what I want to say here is the unpredictability of everything here is extremely high. It's not an exhibition with changed rules or bigger gloves or shorter rounds or anything like that. This is very much a situation where... Uh, it's a professional contest, but how is Tyron going to look in his fifth round of boxing? Nobody knows. How is, so how is Jake Paul going to look? I'll, I'll wrap up here. No, I don't want you to wrap up. I want to embellish even more and dig deep. So are you saying basically that like uh, this is this might not be about the boxing? This this is as close to a real fight as you're going to get because it's not going to be the not going to be the exhibition, but it's also not championship level boxing and defense. More or less, they're going to have to eventually go at it at some point, and it's going to be about some of those other intangibles. These guys are what would happen if you were going to a jiu-jitsu tournament, and let's say you had some white slash blue belts, something in that in that uh, territory, uh, and not world class ones either, right? Because you can get guys who are on these tracks to just do incredible things, like a Nikki Ryan. But the point I'm trying to make here is, dude, they're they. Like people, it's like it's the same situation you get when Bellator would have those old man fights. They are going to show flashes of brilliance. Or in the case of Jake Paul, he is the younger guy. He does hit hard. He is the bigger of the two. At the same time, the capacity for the bottom to fall out at any point is extraordinarily high, especially relative to let's say you know a Pacquiao versus an Ugas. They're yes. going to make mistakes, but they're only going to make the kinds of mistakes that another professional at that level would be able to take advantage of. Here, you're going to get all different kinds of errors, some of them cataclysmic, some of them probably fight ending, and then some of them just wacky and bizarre. You're going to see fouls. You're going to see somebody run out of gas way too early. And you're probably going to see both hit the canvas. And by the way, if all those things end up happening, and then potentially you add on a Jake Paul win, although either way, people are still going to care. um, Say what you will about this genre, and we've been very honest the whole ride. Some people think you sold your soul, but I'll stand by your soul, at least on this. Um... Uh, this this is going to be kind of batshit crazy fun. And that's what this genre well, should be. I don't know if it's going to be fun. That's the, what the, this genre the, should the be, bro. Oh, but this is my, BC, well, uh, then make the case that here's what I would ask you. I'm not denying, in fact, I think the likelihood that this will have fun action at whatever level you want to call it, I think it's pretty high. But the idea that it's guaranteed that this is going to be action no, I want to wait and see. I can see a situation where Woodley backs it up, plays it close, slows it down, wraps him up, and it's not necessarily all that exciting at all. So this is very much to me somewhat uncertain. If there was a dark black lining to this cloud, you found it, Luke. Thank you very much. We've got to be honest with the audience. Like, oh, Am I guaranteeing it's going to be action packed? I think it will be. I don't know that. But I like what you're saying. The, the bottom will fall out eventually, and it will become what, it, what it's going to be. And I think that'll be a brawl. And I think... Uh, all of our questions may not even get answered, but you still may get a winner. And I think it's going to be fun in that regard. So uh, we've been all through the rhetoric, all through the storylines this week, all through the up I, and down. I want to ask you one. I want to ask you one if I can, because I really want to get your perspective oh, on this. I'd love it's to, important. I'd love to share it. 
Tyron Woodley, in the lead-up to the fights that he lost, talked a big game, and some of them better than others, but he talked a big one before Usman, and he talked a big one before Luke, and obviously against Luke, there was, I talked a big one before Colby, too. How much do you get the vibes that this is the same kind of thing, or do you feel like there might be some meaningful differences based on some of the pre-fight stuff? Including by the fact that I think he is in better shape this time. He is in better shape, there's no question. And I wonder if there's a mental freedom in doing this, separate from the UFC vehicle, and just, you know... I feel like the, the the center of attention is really on him for this one. Um, I don't know. I think his confidence was believable. I think every time I heard him speak, I wanted to go, oh, man, I, you know, I'm going to need to re rethink completely how I think this fight might might end in that regard. Um, again, I, you know, I think he has a chance to potentially be the better boxer in this fight, and it not might not matter if it turns into a crazy brawl. But I think Tyron's been impressive. I think if you're wondering or worrying whether his emotions might change or jack up because of what went down with his mom getting yelled at at Thursday's press conference and the near skirmish melee after, Luke, I don't know if you saw that immediate interview he gave right behind us with the sunglasses on and Mark Ramonde and company it, were yeah. there. And There's he's, the highlights right there. Essentially, his response to Mark was, you know, what, do you, what am I going to do? Get extra mad and want to knock him out even more. He's like, I was already at that level. Right. And I think that's where the professionalism comes in. Like, we still don't know what Jake Paul's going to look like if he gasses out or gets hurt or has any kind of major issue in there with the real fighting spirit and, the, and that possibility of, is he for real on the inside? Well, he, you know, we, we still don't know that about him. We kind of know that about Tyron. Yes, right? But, but when you say that, when you commit to that, are we just overlooking the, the value of those four losses and what that means to his prime and what he has left and what he what he wants out it's, of this? It's hard to know because we go on this yesterday. Like he lost to very good fighters. Vicente Luque was the only one who wasn't a champion, and he got finished in that one. Obviously, he got finished in the Colby one via injury, but he got like straight up submitted in the one against Vicente Luque. Um, so there was this sort of like you know you lost to Kamara for the championship belt, and then there was the Gilbert Burns fight, and they were taking you down. It was a sort of like slow examination of his decline. Still, you know, how many times have you seen this in MMA where guys go on four or five losing streaks, but they kind of stick it out, and then they put two, three wins together, yeah. not against the same level, but against something respectable? Have we lost sight of that that being possible for Tyron Woodley? At the same time, BC, we're not going back to MMA. He didn't go to Bellator or PFL and then get back an attorney or whatever, get in a fight. He's doing something completely different, and the amount of, like... I don't know. It's hard for me to look at this as Jake Paul not finding a guy that he and his team thought they could beat off the break. Right. Uh, at the same time, I've just seen so many fighters in MMA have like really bad patches of their career and then find a little redemption, a little bit of pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. I guess we'll see what he can show us on Sunday. A lot of times that comes down to the intangibles, though, because there seems to be a lot of moments in a career, especially in the 30s, where you're like, okay, I could see that being the end. I could see that be, being the end of the competitive era of this fighter, you know, where they just start to fade away and get old faster or, or just look like they don't have it. Um, I don't know that about Woodley, you know? I don't know for sure, based on the result of those four losses, exactly where his fighting spirit is at. And also, there's a question, but, too. I think it has to be asked. I don't know what the answer is, but it is at least worth bringing into the discussion um, to what extent, yes, he is getting his largest payday. Is that motivating? But I don't know that it's just motivating because it's the largest. To what extent, I'm not saying he's broke or anything, but to what extent does he need the money given that he has himself acknowledged he was living the lifestyle and he was sort of involved in all the champ stuff and he had all these projects. I mean, those things don't come cheap for the most part. They usually have to pay Studio for them. Studio time's expensive as shit. It's insanely expensive. So my point being is to what extent is the motivation not just that it would be a record paycheck, but the kind of paycheck that could be actually quite valuable at this moment in his life. These are 
are things worth, and that, by the way, there'd be nothing wrong with that, but if that is in fact part of the motivation, part is what the word I used, that would be something that in favor of Jake Paul and, and why you might think he might win. Yeah, it's hard to figure out if this confidence level of Woodley is going to walk him right back into trouble again, if he's going to be too eager ha- to think that it's more of a mismatch than people think and think that he can just kind of stunt on this guy and do does what he wants. And then I think you can also pull Woodley back into a brawl, and I have that fear for him. That's true. That at any point. Especially, I don't, especially if it starts going bad early. Yeah, and I don't mean from like chinny perspective, one like a flash end of fight. I just mean like he gets hurt and it's downhill quick from there. You know? But also too, like if you look at the last, the, the Vicente Luque fight was not this way. But what was the common denominator against? And yes, these were all world class fighters. But what was the common denominator against Burns, against Colby, and against Kamaru? It's that Tyron was listless, I and mean, he just wasn't really there. That's also possible here, too. And that's a major sign. It's different from when someone's taking too much punishment and they can't; their chin is gone. But it's still disconcerting when, when you feel like the, the failure to launch, the failure to let it go, Luke. There's a major emotional mental blockage in a lot of those cases when that happens. Yes. It's hard to like define, and can that be that? Can that bubble be burst and broken? Um, also, so can, I think we, those are those are negative parts into what make up the betting line into this, okay. and why Jake with the 15 year we can't overlook 15 years younger, naturally bigger. Okay, when you're just younger and stronger and more explosive in that regard, that could play a big factor. But as we look at the odds right now from our partners, minus one ninety Caesar Sportsbook Jake Paul the, the odds as narrowed. the favorite and plus one sixty Tyron Woodley. Yeah, there's that, value on both sides. I mean, this is this is adic- this is accurate. This line. Yeah, th- when it was like when he was plus high plus uh, high, excuse me high minus uh, Jake Paul two hundred. I think he was even a minus three hundred at one point. That was way too much, but this one seems more right. There is a part of this conversation, though, that we have to have, BC, that I haven't seen a whole lot of folks have, in large part because, you know, how many times can you have it? But this time it feels like it's a little bit different. What is the UFC thinking this whole weekend? And here's what I mean. They have done a very good job of just being like letting it all play out. Yes, I think Dana White gets annoyed when he gets asked questions about Jake Paul, but Jake Paul makes these statements irrespective of whether or not there is a fight. They also let him get... Front so front row seats for that last big fight. Exactly, and, and they, get the, they like the attention kind of fight, he brings. Get the exposure in yeah. that sense too. However, you have to think about it in this case. There has been a number of these happening. This one to me, we said it when this fight was announced. This was from Ben Askren to Tyron Woodley was a clear escalation. Not just because Tyron's a better athlete and a, certainly a better striker, but he was a, a decorated UFC champion. And what would it say again? Again, this was not the first time it happens, but you know you can find a situation where you get the straw that breaks the camel's back. Dude, it's a bad look for MMA, not just UFC, but for MMA, that they're champions at the end of their run and they need a, a big paycheck, or at least they would certainly want to get one, the one they never got in MMA, into a sport that they have modest at best familiarity with and they're happy to go take L's in the case of Ben Askren because he wanted a giant paycheck, which again, I understand. But dude, it makes MMA look bad. True, and you know Dana White is getting driven crazy about this. What I'm saying is, are they going to start finding ways to stop Jake Paul from doing this against former UFC fighters? No, here's what, here's the funny part about that. And it shouldn't be funny, but I don't think Danny gives off fuck about that side of it. Like it's, it's not even bothering him. It's not even a thought process process. He in seems his to mind. get annoyed when he gets asked about I Jake Paul saying that he it's more about, you know, it's not about him. Oh, Jake, don't, don't go talk about fighter pay again. I don't even think Danny cares about that either. I think it comes down to just straight up, um, Will this be, will Jake win? And will it be in such a successful way? And will it continue to show the promise it's shown fight week in terms of just grabbing the attention? This could be a big deal come Sunday night. Um, 
will that lead Dana to go, okay, how do we get into business with this guy? Enough of this shit. If he's going yes, to knock out. to co-opt him, if yes. He, if he's going to finish our guys, which I don't know if he could beat a Masvidal or a Nate Diaz or a Conor. I mean, we'd have to, we'd have to really look it up. Right. But it's like, you know, if he wants to fight those guys that badly, then let's make money off it similar to what we did with Maymac. Uh, okay. But the relationships aren't the same anymore. Uh, you know, Dana doesn't say nice things about Steven Espinosa at Showtime. doesn't feel like it, that's just going to happen. You know? No. I just want to say this. Jake Paul is not possible without what is happening in MMA. And think about it this way. I'm not saying he wouldn't find some other creative way to do it, but the ease with which he has risen and to the point which he is now uh, today, it's not possible if you don't, A, have a sport where the fighters have a modest familiarity with boxing, but they're by no means specialists, particularly in the case of Ben Askren, and even to an uh, extent with, uh, with Tyron Woodley, and also if they're not underpaid. I'm certain that with the paycheck that Tyron is getting, plenty of other fighters, even if it were not a case of being underpaid, would still sign up. But the fact that he has essentially everyone in the sport currently under contract, currently not under contract, calling him out, it's this perfect storm of guys who can kind of box but not really, who are athletes but kind of old, who also need a lot of money. It is serving him up in the most obvious way. And Dana White uh-huh. and, and, and larger power players than MMA, not just him, there's a lot of people. It's not possible if MMA isn't operating the way that it That's is. That's interesting to take that, that stance, which at first feels like, oh, no. He, but then when you really look at it, um, Who would he be if fighting if the MMA the, fighters were off so the So this table? is what he's getting from MMA. First of all, the opponent pool. Yep. And then second of all, the coverage of, of mainstream MMA, which is very hot. Dude, because and Tyron UFC Woodley success, knows so. how to promote a fight. You, yeah. all, you, you have these guys who are completely familiar with the fight game well, that's why, who don't know how to box. That's why if we're talking about what's the UFC's uh, care or interest level in this fight or what angle would they be taking. Again, I don't think it's about uh, the whole idea that the MMA guys are cashing out at the end in these sort of situations giving up their soul. I think it's more about do they believe Jake Paul's for real to want to somehow partner with him to, to to provide higher edge opponents and also are they thinking you know i wonder if he could would he would he do would he do something under our banner as well I, I, if you're dana white the it's what did he do with kimbo slice he talked a gang of shit about him co-opted him what do you do about brock lesnar Ask Josh Gross what he said. Talk to gang of shit about him and then co-opted him. The smart move at this point, if you're Dana White or anyone else, it's not to fight Jake Paul. It's to co-opt him. Notice, He's here. Notice Dana White never talked shit about the cliffs of YMA. Never even, never even. <laughs> he didn't want that never, never even looks back in that direction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Who, could our producer be more on his phone? I wonder. Wow. Wow. See, that had become a theme this week that that maybe I was emo- too emotionally needy. Luke, you told me I was too needy. Okay? I'm just, he's busy doing stuff. He also, our producer for the show also is heavily involved in all access and a mother, many, many other things. I just like teasing you. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he has nothing. Yeah. You're the caller. I'm Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> yeah. First time. Lo- love you long time. Yes. Okay. Uh, Luke, this um, this comes down to a prediction. Okay. okay. It comes down to who's going to win this. Okay. Um, the odds are close. You got value both ways. I think either guy could win by knockout. I think if it did go, if you told me in advance that this 190-pound catchweight fight, which is essentially a cruiserweight fight but far below the limit, um, eight rounds. If it went the distance, who would I fight? I think it favors Woodley, if you told me in advance that mm. it's going the distance. That's interesting. But I think your th- your sort of way of packaging it, the idea that the bottom could fall out at any point. Both guys could get exhausted. One guy could get hurt you know, by a punch that completely changes it, and it kind of just turns into more of, of a fight because they're less trained in this regard. The, the more it becomes a fight, this is Jake Paul's fight. 
This, this, all the intangibles suddenly, like, I think, lean to him in that regard. I think Woodley will have more advantages than we realize once they touch gloves and you see the difference in boxing. But I think if Jake's a little bit bigger and stronger and might have more power, we're not sure. Tyron Woodley had great power for, mm -hmm. for MMA welterweight. Um, but I think the size, the youth, and, and it, it certainly means more for Jake to win right now. He gets it. He get, I mean, he gets the business side and where they're going and what they can do. And I'm sure... You know, when the cameras are turned off, he also gets his own um, limitations, Luke. He's got to be crazy enough to believe in himself mm -hmm. to, 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 to be the face of this. But I'm sure he's very strategic in that regard and knows his limitations. But the strengths rely on him making this fight a, a war. And I think that size and, that, and, and the balls will um, mix with the age. And I think he gets Tyron Woodley out of there. The question for me is, will Jake have to get up off the canvas? Will he have to face legitimate adversity? Will the, 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 the terms of the fight have been shifted back and forth a few times? Um, I think it eventually gets batshit crazy. I don't know how we get there, though. But I think once it does, Jake Paul wins by knockout. It's probably fair. I, again, what, I can't overstate it enough. There's a huge degree of what appears to be unpredictability. Just variables, we don't know what they are, and we don't know exactly how they measure up, and whether or not they'll even be a role. I mean, some of these things that we don't know may not even be relevant. What does Tyron Willie look like, look like in the seventh round? Who cares if we get it done in two? I'm gonna pick Jake Paul, I think, for two reasons. One, well, more than that, but the biggest ones would be I think his team picked Tyron Woodley for a reason. I think they like their chances against him, and they're probably scouted him pretty well. That's one. I think Jake Paul, a lot of people who reach out to me who don't like Jake Paul, they express some kind of sentiment that he must be some kind of fraud. Well, if you're asking him to be championship, high-level, elite pro, yes, he's nothing even approximating that. But is he probably a lot better than what his skeptics or critics imagine him to be? Yeah, man, there's a few MMA fighters I've talked to behind the scenes that were talking about him tuning up some people that they were very surprised by. I think he keeps his cards about his actual ability close to the vest, from what we can tell anyway. So for those reasons, I tend to think this is not exactly a setup, because there is an element of danger there, which we've articulated, I think, to the best of our abilities. But the smart money is probably on Jake Paul to win. I do think, though. I do think, though. That was the longest and softest way to get to a prediction well, I've ever heard. Because it's so, oh, it's such a weird, dude, this is a weird-ass fight. It's, it you is. can like it or you can hate it. It's fucking weird. <laughs> it's fucking weird. It's same, fucking weird. Same thing about the identity of this city. Yeah. Really, you know? So uh, I just want to say, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to formally pick Jake Paul to win. That's fine. I just... There is a part of me that feels like we've just not given Tyrone. You want to get the hedge clips out? The hedge clips. Don't I, I just feel like the idea to me that Jake Paul's going to walk in there and do what he did to Ben Askren, he's going to do it to, to Tyron Woodley, that seems far-fetched. And so how much better will it be for Tyron? I think that's what I wrestle with. Okay. Okay. You wrestle with other demons as well, Luke. Um, before we get quickly into this undercard, I want to ask you about what's next um, Rashad Evans, by the way, who does the show, the UFC Hall of Famer. He got no soul. Um, well, he, he remember on the show when he came out and said, Jake Paul's hit list? First of all, if we're talking about the future, we're talking about, you know, Rashad Evans. You know, why is Jake Paul ducking him? We had some fun with it. We made it into a social clip, blah, blah, blah. But one of our brethren in this game, you know, Shock Majori. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, he had a chance to talk with uh, Jake Paul on his show and, uh, he brought up one sugar Rashad Evans. Let's see whether we... Dude, you're doing Rashad dirty with this. <laughs> with this. <laughs> I'm not showing the Machida fight again. What are you talking about? Let's see. Uh, one name that I didn't see on your hit list, but I know he's been calling you out, former UFC light heavyweight champion Rashad Evans. Is that something that would ever interest you? Um, I'm, I don't even know if I'm familiar with him. Well, I, think I, know, I think I know. I think I know. Wait, he was a... Is he a welterweight? Light heavyweight. He, uh, oh. 
Yeah. Thought beat Chuck Liddell. Maybe. <laughs> but hey, that answers the question, doesn't it? He's he's old, no? Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't know. I don't see it happening. You know, it has to it has to make sense on so many levels mm-hmm. for, for me to fight somebody. Uh and I want to increase the level of my competition after each fight. So if I take out, you know, this five-time UFC champion, where do I go from there? Wow. Damn. Wow. You did him dirty. Well, uh, you know, wow, we got an echo? Yeah, that echo is money. There you go. Um, it was like it was like auto tune. That was like Pennington James's songs. You know, T Pain. Yeah, T Pain up in here. Um, I, what I, what I was gonna say is, um, I don't know what I was gonna say. What we're talking about, Jake? Paul? Dude, he goes, he's old. No, I'm like, damn, Rashad's like younger than me. Fuck. Yeah. Um, did we do Rashad dirty right there? I don't think that. I think we brought the truth back into this conversation. So Rashad, your move. Okay, but yo, Rashad, he dropped a hot doogie on you. Like it was like that episode of Oz. Like you know, what I mean, it was just. Yeah. Do you remember when Brock Lesnar was asked about Chael on Sports Center live? And they're like, Chael Sonnen said, blah, 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 all these like, you know, incredibly disparaging things. And then he goes, I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen that? Yeah. I and have, I don't know I if Brock have, was acting. Yeah. I don't know if it was pro wrestling or not. But it did appear to be like either either he did a great job acting or he 100% did not know who that was. No, but that's, that's perfect acting right there. Um, quickly, though, if, if, if you only know that Jake Paul wins this fight, who's next? Who's next in your heart of hearts? I got to tell you... Um, Everything that is around here makes this out to be uh, Jake Paul wins and then Tommy Fury wins and we put those two together. I got to tell you, for me, I'm not going to say that. I almost feel like that. I don't know how to say this exactly without like sounding like a dick. Is that a step back for Jake Paul? If Going from Tommy, Tommy Fury is a much more established and I would say even with the record of opponents that he's had is a much more credentialed boxer. Um, but he's not that credentialed yet. Certainly this won't change that this fight he has, which is, you know, tough guy, but that won't necessarily like, Oh, all of a sudden everyone thinks he's now legit. Like to me, it's like, dude, if you're escalating this, that's, that's not an escalation. See, I'm wondering, and you know, look, we got to see Tommy Fury on this pay-per-view main card against Anthony Taylor, the, uh, the part-time MMA fighter, by the way, um, to really kind of figure that out. But I have the feeling or the fear that Fury will be, a little bit too good, but they'll have that same fear of, you know, do people really know him on that same level? Is it yeah. worth the risk? But uh, I, I give Jake Paul a lot of credit for sort of setting this up as the next chess move. And he kind of, you know, spilled the beans in, in a forceful way on purpose during the press conference to try to rub it in Tyron's face and say, yeah, I am looking through you. You know, I'm already setting up my next fight. Um, I do think, especially if they brought that to, to the UK, that it, could, it would be massive. It would be I don't deny in, in its own category of way because of the social relevancy. But um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if they if a Tyron Woodley victory happens in an, in an exciting fight. Do we see a rematch? Probably. Probably. Interesting. If, if Jake Paul does well enough to think that, OK, I made an error that cost me or a series of errors that cost me. But this was winnable. Like if he drops Tyron a couple of times, but then eats a huge punch. You know, did you want the rematch there? I, I suspect that he would. But if he gets tuned up from pillar to post, no, I don't. I think, in fact, then he's in real trouble. Um, you know, there's not – Tyron, you know, if he wins, he might get a rematch or who knows, some other kind of fight maybe. But there's not a lot of opportunity left for him to make money from this endeavor. Jake can probably squeeze out a fair amount more if things go well. But they have to really go well. Uh, who – Below this main event, 
will end up stealing the show. We know Amanda Serrano and the Coleman has, has sort of tried to make that her mission statement. She'll defend two of her featherweight titles against Yami Mercado. It's Puerto Rico versus Mexico. Do you think we're talking about her in a non-main event sense after this card, or is it someone underneath? I hope, but I tend to think that people, you know, Amanda doesn't talk with a lot. She doesn't have a brash personality. She's just a workhorse. And to me, you see her on the left there of the screen, She's just incredibly talented. I can't wait for people to see how good she is. She's and she's fun to watch, but she doesn't have. And she at least I don't know. If she, let me say this: I don't know if she doesn't have one. She does not display one to boxing media or media in general about having a dynamic personality. She may in fact have one, but she she's humble, her, very humble, she's yeah. very humble. She just she just wants to be really good at boxing and mission accomplished. She is. I tend to think Tommy Fury might because I tend to think he's going to have a big knockout. He's got the name. Obviously, he looks like a million bucks. Um, Dubois might end up giving us That's something true. pretty special, but there's just been no heat for that fight. Daniel Dubois, a minus 2,000 favorite over Joe Cusimano from Sicily. Giuseppe uh, Dubois looking to really, he bounced back nicely, by the way, from the loss to Joe Joyce and that sort of, mm -hmm. you know, crossroads unbeaten. Uh, I wanted to ask him about the comments from, uh, not Tony Bellew, but uh, um, uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah, I mean, he took a beating, unfortunately, did Dubois in the media and the fan reaction and all that, but they found out he had a, like crushed face. So uh, he came back and he knocked out Bogdan Dinu and looked good. So uh, this is an interesting debut in the U.S. for Dubois. I wonder if he could get the kind of win or, and continue to, um, you know, climb the ladder where we're talking about him in that larger heavyweight title picture, sure. you know, and add him as a potential player. Montana Love is the hometown guy. Might get some uh, I think that fight's going to be fun. Montana Love, uh, Southpaw, 140-pounder, taking on former champion Ivan Baranchik, who is coming off the fight of the year in 2020 but the one in which he was brutally knocked out cold. Viciously. Eight knockdowns in the fight, four for each. He got knocked out in the fifth by uh, Jose Zepeda. Um, you know, they've got Pedro Diaz in the corner, who's also training Tyron Woodley. So you wonder, that shows you uh, we got to clean up a little bit. But, you know, you are who they said you are, Dennis Green, right? Um, mm -hmm. it, it, when it gets hairy, Baranchik's going to brawl. So... I wonder if um, if it becomes that type of fight, or maybe Montana Love is looking to outbox this guy. Um, that's going to be a tough way to win. It, Ivan Branch, I get, he is so what, fucking muscled up. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I don't know how he fits. In he the looked like a, like a Bond villain at the. Uh, press he, he really did, or like the henchman that a Bond villain yes. would hire. Yes. Fucking a, he is he is a mountain of a little man, and um, that's a tough fight for Love. Who are you calling a little man? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's not a huge guy or anything. Say to his face, you know. All right, Luke. Uh, that's the pay-per-view Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, Showtime pay-per-view. Check that out. Uh, we've got some MMA this weekend, though. And Saturday night from Las Vegas, it's a UFC fight night card. And look, this main event, not getting the rub it deserves. This is a very good one. And it goes down in the featherweight division when Edson Barbosa takes on red-hot, rising Georgian Giga Chikadze. I, I said that correctly, Luke. It's not Giga. I've been all over the map on that. I'm happy to nail that one, though. Our odds are minus 115 favorite Barbosa, minus 105 Chikadze, though. So that's a that's a basic uh, flip the coin. And it's old versus new in a lot of ways. But Barbosa on a two-fight win streak. How much at 36? Is he a threat to the title in this division? How big of a fight is this for what's left of the great Edson Barbosa? Threat to the title? I don't think so. I don't think he can beat guys at the very, very top of this division, which, as we know, is not just talented, but young, uh, relatively speaking. And at 36, that's going to make him one of the older um, competitors there. 
trying to make his way. Here's what I would say. Chikadze, um, you know, his last time he lost was on the Contender Series three years ago, something He's like what, that. He's, what, 6-0 since then? Uh, yeah, and, and, and here's the thing. Several of those fights, including the Brandon Davis fight, they were competitive, they were close, they were all, a lot of decisions. It's the last two fights where you can tell he's really turned a corner. Cub Swanson, baby. The Cub Swanson one was big, and, and um, what you notice in the last two finishes, he was just much better about getting to offense right on time. His distance management was better. He just understood how to manage the fight, and what, like he understood what am I good at Right? What am I good at? How do I maintain those conditions so I can bring those to life throughout the course of a fight? A lot of times he was kind of fighting on other guys' terms, and now he's making guys fight on his terms. And when he does, he is just phenomenal. I really like his maturation. That being said, dude, the firepower of somebody like Edson Barboza well, the, the is The betting odds are showing the respect to that firepower. I mean, he, him, you know... It's rare to move down in weight late in a career. That's why what Jose Aldo's doing right now is just commendable to, to kind of get reborn at a smaller weight. It, it's harder to do, but if you can do it weight cut wise, you can be a, a much bigger puncher and striker. And the respect still shown for what Barbosa can say, uh, you know, still do in there, which is end the fight at any time. Do you think this fight, though, from like a deeper war room marketing potential is the setup for Chikadze to be something? I mean, this is a this would be a dynamic ass win on his resume coming right off that body kick knockout to Cub Swanson. I mean, it would be a big deal. But do they see somebody who could be a title contender in this division between these two? No, on the Chikadze side. I think he's got a lot of work. He would have a lot to. I mean, we're we're still talking about guys who are ranked. I just looked it up. Nine and ten. You know, even with a win here, you still have several fights in front of you, unless you were just a huge personality, which in this case, not, they're tremendous fighters. I'm saying, does he get the push? In the post-Habib retirement, the, everyone's realizing from Scott Coker to anybody that of, of the, you know, the studs coming out of the, the Smash factory in the variations of it. Uh, I, I wonder if they're, if they're looking at, you know, seven in a row and you beat Barbosa. I wonder if this is the guy they're looking at. That's all I'm saying, Luke, okay? I'm okay, looking at uh, That's fine. I, I, I tend to think that they're not necessarily getting looked at that way, but they are getting looked at as people who are, they need to know what place they're going to occupy inside the top 10 and probably inside the top five. I just think the one thing that's interesting we need to talk about in this fight in terms of the X's and O's real quickly is that if you look at a lot of Chikadze's fights, you can imagine what opponents want to do. They want to do the same thing that a lot of Barbosa's opponents want to do, which is close the distance, back him up, and then kind of corner him to make him fight inside boxing range. Now, Chikadze has actually pretty good boxing, but you know, kickboxing is really what his bread and butter is. You know, It's going to be interesting because Barbosa doesn't do that, so I actually feel like you might see Chikadze either try some of that or more likely duel in the center a la Paul Felder style and I wonder if the hands of, along obviously with the rest of the game, that Chikadze brings. Burgos was a little bit, one, not one note, but he, he was much more of a puncher than a kicker. Obviously, Chikadze is a little bit the opposite, but I think um, has a, a little bit more of a well-balanced mix between the two. And I wonder if that might play a role. It's still nasty. This is going to be fun. This is very good matchmaking. I want to believe that Barbosa can still rise, that Brazil can rise again, Luke. Okay? I mean, you know, the Baron's not coming around that corner. All right. Uh, um, betcha Cohea, you betcha. She, she's not coming through that door, okay? We need heroes in Brazil. There's still time, Edson. Who's your pick? Your pick, Luke. Oh, for the fight? Um, I'll go Chikadze. I'll... You put a lot of conviction into that. That was, that was uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of preparation. Dude, you and... want to come out and you, <laughs> you make every pick like Sermon on the Mount. There, none of them are like that. Luke, um, um, 
I'm an entertainer, first of all. Yeah, I know that. Factory born. Um, You're not factory born. You were not born in a factory. You and I are not watching or have not watched the Ultimate Fighter season. We need Aaron Bronstead around to break that shit down. So no Ricky Tercios breakdowns, although all of these guys will be, uh, you know, will be fighting here. When I sift through the tough stuff, though, there is a fight on this main card, Luke, that mm -hmm. is jumping through the screen at me for my likes and loves when I'm talking about future UFC champion Kevin Lee, a welterweight duel in the making against Daniel Rodriguez, who lets that shit go, Luke. Um, fresh off the back of the skull tat, I'm going to believe Kevin Lee's coming there. You know, you, <laughs> you, come on, right? I believe he's coming, Luke. Um, Daniel Rodriguez is tough as shit, dude. This is going to be a thriller. But is this going to be another one of those where we're like, man, Lee had big moments, but he... he he couldn't. Uh, dude, he just Daniel Rodriguez is a tough fight. This was originally supposed to be Sean Brady, and then Sean got injured, and the whole thing got messed up. And then so they, they had D Rod filling uh, relatively late. But dude, that guy is surprisingly. I mean, he's good. He's durable. He's smart. He makes good choices. How about the tack game? Uh, not it's my style. It's aggressive. It's aggressive. Not my style. Um, but they're they're not. They're mostly pretty well done. Uh, you know, um, a lot of black and gray work, but. Uh, yeah, you see, that's pretty well done details. But the point being is, dude, he's a very, very talented fighter, and he's patient. He doesn't buckle under pressure. There's been times where he's been hurt, and he's found ways to soldier on. I, 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 this is Kevin Lee. You know, listen, he's been out for – he folks, forget this. His last fight was against Charles Oliveira. That was the fight that that UFC had gone to Brazil and did no COVID testing. It was like the, right at the beginning. Yes. Remember that? All, that yes. all the sports world was canceled, and UFC was like, I don't know what COVID is. And they went and had the, the show in Brazil, and – you know, we end up finding out that Charles Oliveira would later on become champion. So, like, while that loss should count against Kevin Lee, and it does, still you wonder about – we've been the Kevin Lee future champion tag team for a long time, and I don't know if that's going to happen, but I do think that, like, have you seen the best of Kevin Lee? I don't believe that you have. He's, the problem is he's still giving us teases. That Gregor Gillespie head kick knockout yeah. and walk-off was Amazing. Like, it was amazing. It was like, oh, shit, bro. Yeah. Um, it, his tattoo on the back of his head is, is aggressive, Luke. So will that will that change uh, him in the cage? This could be interesting. This this fight's going to be a war and um, big stakes for both. That'd be a big win for Daniel Rodriguez. So minus one fifty five, Kevin Lee, your favorite. Rodriguez plus one thirty. Luke, is there anything else that's that's screaming for you? I know anytime Sam Alvey's going to be a plus one ten underdog against Wellington Terman, you are front row for that. Yeah, I don't care about that at all. Um, I will say, obviously, the Kevin Lee and Daniel Rodriguez fight is the biggest one on here. We did not oh, watch the Dick Rico's fight. fighting, dude. You can call him that. The guy doesn't want to talk to the media. He's fighting Abdul Razak El Hassan out of um, uh, Stephen the Warman's camp and Alessio Di Carico, who I had kind of not thought was all that great. Had a great last win. Uh, obviously, didn't want to talk about it with the media for whatever reason. Uh, also, Dustin Jacoby is on this card against Darren the Dentist Stewart. The original dentist was Josh Neer, but it's a great nickname. Dustin Jacoby had a UFC run, didn't go well, went to kickboxing and the whole nine yards. Just got a lot better. He's had a couple of dicey moments since his return to the UFC, but has looked significantly improved. Two strikers. That should be a lot of fun as well. Um, Dick Rico, I, I respect the game, Luke. He has the same type of convictions that you have, that you're like, I don't care if this is wrong, but it feels so right to be this angry and one-sided in this debate. I thought you, you it's like a Spider-Man meme. You guys, you guys get the energy that you both put out there. Mm. It's a fun fighter, too. Yes, that's true. All right. Uh, that's not the only MMA of the weekend. Tonight, 
Friday night. Uh, PFL's back in uh, PFL. They've been bringing it. Let's be honest. We're right in the midst of the playoffs. PFL 9, I believe, is the number of this one. It goes down in Hollywood, it's Florida. Very, it's a very glamorous name. Um, it doesn't have... Yo, this the, is the ninth one of these fucking things we've got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one doesn't have the same star power as, as the last one with Kayla Harrison or Rory McDonald before that. But we're going to see featherweights and we're going to see light heavyweights. Both the men's side, both the semifinals. The main event, Brandon Lockinen, who, to remind folks, is the guy who went for the takedown on the, on the Dana White series and didn't get the contract because of that, even though he won. He's been on fire. I mean, we talked about the, the year Clay Collard had out of nowhere. How about Brendan Lockinen? He's taking on... Movlid Kaibulaev, who is 17 and 0, Luke, mm-hmm. fresh off a win over Lance Palmer. Mm-hmm. So this semifinal for featherweights, it, it doesn't have huge name recognition, but it could be a good, it could be a good one. These are excellent, excellent featherweights. Movlid Habulaev or Haibulaev, uh, yes, I can never say it quite correctly. Hobby uh, Lobby is acceptable too. Hobby Lobby is actually not acceptable. Um, he is a guy. Hey, could you drink that louder? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you showering under that fucking thing? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, what I was going to say is I have a feeling he's going to be a uh, – I was texting with a buddy of mine who is at that show, a bit of a wet blanket on this one. So it's really going to be up to Lachnan to find a way to his feet, create distance, and get the offense going outside of the wrestling game in all likelihood. He is very talented. I think he can do that. But certainly that's going to be a bit of a tall hill to climb. All right. All right. Interesting. Um, Chris Wade versus Bubba Jenkins, by the way, should be interesting. Bubba Jenkins was left for this is a guy out of Arizona State national champion. He was a big uh, uh, wrestler out of Penn State, had a falling out with their team there, transfers to Arizona State, wins the national title, could not have been a hotter prospect coming into MMA, like right out of a Division One national champion and had some nice wins, but kind of had a bunch of bad losses. And I think folks forgot about him. And do this tournament has been somewhat of a resurrection for him. He has looked very good up to this point. And you beat Chris Wade, man, you're right back in the thick of things. So uh, Bubba Jenkins, a bit of a, this is what I mean about leaving guys on the side of the road. Yeah. MMA. it's very, very foolish to do that. So we will see what happens. Uh, Jenkins fresh off of decision wins over Lance Palmer and Bobby Moffitt. So he's running hot and hard at this moment. And Luke on the light heavyweight side, both semifinal bouts, uh, screw face. Screwface you mean, twins. You mean shoe face. Shoe face. Uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. of Brazil. Dude, is, who, do against... people find these jokes you do funny? Because no one in here is laughing. <laughs> wow, that's, that's not a no sell. That's a that's a that's a monster. Hey everybody! Why did the yeah. chicken cross the road? <laughs> oh wow, wow! You're stuttering abroad, Luke. I hope you marry her, right? Oof. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, Screwface against Emiliano Sordi, which actually is a pretty good fight. And then the other side of the bracket, Cesar Fajeda against Martin Hamlet. Luke, again, outside of Shoeface, not a ton of name value, but if you've been watching this season, this this light heavyweight bracket seems up for grabs. Have you been watching this season? Do you care about I've been this? on vacation, so I missed the last couple of these. But um, yeah, the light heavyweight tournament to me is a little bit less interesting, but... It's the featherweight one that I think is 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 quite good. Okay, you have any Kayla Harrison follow up thoughts on whether the, this will be her last PFL tournament or not? What Probably. I don't think there's any way she stays. I don't know where she goes because there is the cyborg fight in Bellator or there is the Nunez fight in UFC. Probably UFC because she can get a bigger paycheck, but we'll see. All right, that's that's very succinct out of you, Luke. I like that. Let's keep the ship rolling here. Uh, oh, Cristiano's go- joining Man United. Uh, Fabrizio Romano has uh, reported it. It's official. Um, tr- uh, Chris, I'm sorry, um, Chad Johnson, Luke, uh, more of a Napoli fan, it turned out. 
Who? Oh, yeah, Ocho Cinco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he just made that up, dude. He's a huge Yo, he Real so, Madrid fan. He no sold your fandom like like pretty big, right? No, because he didn't want me to like start quizzing him and shit. You know, that's yeah, what he was. He was a little yeah. bit afraid I was gonna like you know audit him. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I had shaken him up in that press conference right before that, though. I think that's why. When you were like, yo, you gonna get knocked the fuck out, yeah. ho? What you think about that, ho? Oh yeah. Speaking of boxing, Luke, uh, while I was like, you that's were, a little bit of an aggressive question. While you were sleeping, while you took a two week vacation in 2021, Manny Pacquiao came back and lost to you, Dennis Ugas, uh, last week. Are we talking weekend. about this again? But the story here is, I don't care about your reaction anymore. We did that in yesterday's episode. The story is what's come out of this loss from a Manny Pacquiao standpoint of what's next. He gave a few interviews in the last 48 hours, and here's what Pacquiao said. Um, I'm thinking I want that rematch with your Dennis Ugas. Pacquiao specifically was quoted in saying that he thought style-wise that Ugas was the easiest opponent he's ever fought, and he feels like it's a fight he should have won except for the tired legs and the cramps and the, you know, the last-minute opponent switch. Luke, to me, this plays very heavy into Rafe Bartholomew's theory about how important for Manny's potential presidential political hopes in the Philippines next year that him coming off a win could be in terms of winning and swaying public favor. I think if you believe in that, that's why he was so aggressive and wanting to fight Spence because it was a fight in which he was the underdog mm -hmm. that people thought he couldn't win. Well, he just lost to this guy by a big upset, running back a rematch and winning it right back. That's some like old Muhammad Ali against Leon Spink shit. Like, like that gets people fired up. Do you feel like this is a, a, a smart move, be a political move. See, we're going to, we're going to see this again in like January. I hope not, because that sounds real boring to me. Uh, don't have any interest in a rematch at all. Uh, he might have one for the various purposes that Rafe articulated that I can understand, and there might be business behind it, because is it is it entirely inconceivable that Pacquiao, even at 42, and losing the way he did the first time, couldn't win again? No, it is not inconceivable, but I think it'll be a lot closer, and then Ugas will still win, and we'll have just wasted our time more boxing the king of the door prizes you never asked for. i thought that was the most shocking result like hey, if you, you thought me, you thought we were gonna get pacquiao spence we got pacquiao versus ugas twice <laughs> motherfucker i'm not saying that's I want boxing it. i'm right not there. saying i want it i'm just saying that of all the what's next pacquiao talk you could have told me retirement you could have told me president of the philippines you could have told me he'll fight again in a year and a half you could have told me he knocks out amir khan in five months him, you telling me he wants the Ugas rematch would have been low on that list, but I, I wonder. Uh, Ugas heard what he said and tweeted a response. Many people write to me. They ask me about Pacquiao's statements that I've been one of the easiest rivals of his career. The only thing I can say is that he goes to his house in peace. He recovers and that I respect him for being one of the best boxers in history. Yo, Ugas, don't like he just rolled right over, right? That's his style. Yo, call that, call that shit out, right? <laughs> Your charm has worn thin. Thin. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, Luke, our final topic is also in boxing. Uh, while you were away, we're finally going to get Teofimo Lopez Jr. in that very expensive thriller purse bid mandatory title defense God, at lightweight. What a fucking abortion against this has George been. Cambosos Jr., the unbeaten Australian. Uh, there was they were going to put this in Australia, then the Middle East, then there were potential lawsuits. I mean, this has Yo, we're been... going to put this fight on the fucking moon, and we ain't even going to tell you when it's going to happen. <laughs> this has been a uh, now. It's uh, correct me if I'm wrong because you told me this before. I knew it was pay per view for 1999. I did not know this. It's now on Tuesday night. It's now going to be on Tuesday night in November <laughs> for a night for a for a twenty dollar pay per view. 1999. They're going to do. Uh, I mean, could that fight have been more mismanaged? I don't know. 
This is like when those really gaudy brand new music speakers come out and you're like, oh man, could they really be good when they look that ridiculous? Looks like a statue or something. It's like price tag of like $7,000. You're just like, oh my God, I wonder what that's like. And then like six months later, that shit's on sale. And they're still on the hook. They got to pay Teofimo like close to what? 6.2, 6.3 million dollars. And then they get back to the store and the the speakers are just like marked down to like a hundred bucks. It's like, dude, I mean, Triller could not have managed Uh, this So the news here, Luke, yeah, look, it's been a debacle. And nobody even wants this fight. So when you're going to purse bid for a mandatory that nobody wants, you know. Uh, The hook of the news today, Luke, is that the IBF is mandating through the New York State Athletic Commission here that for this fight, all uh, all fighters need to be vaccinated. And remember, this fight got delayed when Teofimo Lopez tested positive for COVID. No, wait, uh, you Luke, said the commission or the IBF? The IBF. It uh, looks like the IBF. So the sanctioning body here. Yep. And... Um, that you know they've gone through the commission to to enforce this, but they are they are mandating this. Since you have a very high and mighty soapboxed oh, Doctor Fauci, dude, you're position. so irresponsible with this when you say shit like that. You know you're being irresponsible when you say shit like that. I'm I'm playing both sides, Luke. Yeah, I'm a fair. I'm Which a you fair should because there, there aren't two sides. I'm a to this fair. Jur- I'm a proper, as the English would say, I'm a proper journalist. No, you just told me you were an entertainer first. Normally, normally, yeah. <laughs> normally, depending on your opinion of what entertainment is. Either way, Luke, you care about this? This is a good step forward. Boxers gotta gotta take that prick if they wanna if they wanna move that stick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess I. It's a little it's a little weird, right? That it's coming from the sanctioning body. Yeah. Why would they be? Let me help me understand. Why? If give me the give me the incentive structure here. Why would they be so concerned about the guys being vaccinated? I understand. Yes, if you're vaccinated, there's less of a chance of catching the virus and then killing you and all that kind of stuff. But forget about that. Like, are they losing a bunch of money because fights are falling through due to COVID? I mean, it's not good for business. That fights fall apart after you spend that money promoting it. You know? do, but do, do they get hit the hardest? Like, why would they be so? I, I get what you're saying. I wonder if their stance is, is like it's a little aggressive, fueled right? by somebody else's interest. I okay. See. Okay. All right. Because yeah. that never happens in boxing, especially with the sanctioning bodies. Yeah. You know, you never see some guy who's only fought in Nicaragua and uh, I've never heard of him. Oh, he's the number one contender for the WBC title. You're like, what? Yeah, like, right. Okay. All right. So, I mean, what do I think about? I, I mean, it's, I hope that they get vaccinated. I hope that the fight, I do hope the fight happens in part because Teofimo's owed a giant purse for this. Um, and I think, you know, obviously with the vaccinations, all the, the math tells us they'll probably be just fine and we can move on. But it is a little strange to me that the sanctioning body is the one doing that. I don't, it's, it's just odd to me, but whatever. As odd as a Tuesday night pay-per-view, Luke. Okay. <laughs> dude, dude, they, I, I remember when Triller, like after the Ben Askren and Jake Paul fight, when they were at least getting a lot of attention, there were definitely people inside media being like, dude, the Triller takeover is happening. Are you out of your fucking mind? I think the media people you're talking about also had jobs with Triller. They so might have, was, they might have. But it's a... like, dude, are you out of your fucking mind? These people are clearly out of their depth and they're spending money that they don't have. Well, let me ask you this. For shit they can't pull off. The purse bid was just assigned by the WBO for Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter. There's a deadline, there's a date, it's going to happen. Yeah. Do you think Triller jumps in there and tries to steal that for like one one time, one good party? They one? might. Dude, they, uh, are you asking me, will they make more irresponsible decisions? Yeah, they might. They might. They certainly might. What's the root of their money again? Where, where does that come from? It's an app that's supposed to be a competitor to TikTok, and it does have a decent, if somewhat, not, not somewhat. Okay, but do they have money... Th- because of the success of that app, or do they have? Are they coming with money from somewhere else? No, that's what they do. That's that's their money. Um, there might be some ancillary money that comes from this like Triller versus thing that they've now lined up. But in general, in general, 
all of their money is from the from their TikTok competitor app, which they pay a lot of influencers to be on. They barely use, and they've they they have repeatedly been found to exaggerate their numbers. I'm not making it up. TechCrunch has done a huge expo, uh, expose on this. It is well used. It's not some kind of a completely made up thing, but it's got. Uh, my understanding is TikTok has a huge lead on it, like the kind that it can like Bellator to UFC kind of a thing, and so people people use it, but it's like. Like, this is where your money comes from? Okay. Yeah, this is really interesting. Um, they're not, the trailer's not the first promotional outfit or entity to try to mix music with boxing. I mean, we've seen it done poorly in the past, really poorly. But do you think the rap battle, having it as the main event right after some boxing, do you think that works? Though? No. That, that doesn't, that no, doesn't, it doesn't work at all. Not, well, no, not it, even it, in certain communities? No, no, no. It can work for... If, if it can work for donk boxing, like if you're not having Teofimo yeah. in a mandatory, yeah, it could probably work just fine. But like I remember when I watched the Affliction show, you can go look at my bloody elbow reporting from those days. Don't do it. You can. I I, I live blogged that show, and then we're, we're in the middle of fights, and out of nowhere, they're like, "Hey, here's Megadeth," and I'm like, "I don't give a fuck about watching." Old ass Dave Mustaine. Yeah, yeah. Somebody put on some. Is anyone going to kill children in the show? You know. Well, right? no. I don't want to see any. I don't want to see my bands. I want to see a fucking fight night that I paid for. And sure enough, it was insanely costly to do. They couldn't pull it off again. They had yeah. they they spent money they did not have, and then the whole shit went kaput. You know. After and then a couple suddenly shows. the black keys are there. You know. Just getting paid stupid money to do things that they shouldn't do. But okay. You ever been at a really bad concert and you're like, why couldn't have this been in a Rhode Island nightclub? <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a dark way of looking at God. the world. Wow! All right, hey Luke, let's get why away from I, that. Why couldn't I have been uh, killed and trapped in a fire? Uh, uh, that would be, you know, I take that back to all the victims. So that's dead wrong. I mean, the, and day, in fact, a, the Luke, day after a bombing, you're like, hey, let's make jokes about people dying in fires. The okay. thing is, though, if you put a microphone in front of me long enough, as they did during your vacation. Um, I'll, I'll take. I'll have a few missteps. So, luckily, morningcombat at gmail.com is the email address. Is the uh, is the label that you can uh, jump into uh, to complain and make sure you put a timestamp in that. Make sure you back up your work, bitch. And uh, it's time for that segment. It's called Dead Wrong. I want to point out that Man United has formally welcomed Cristiano back. The tweet is less than ten minutes old, and it already has one hundred and thirteen thousand quote tweets and two hundred and seven thousand retweets. Yo, that 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 guy's thirty six though. Yeah, but you know he he takes good care of his body. All right, what do you got for me? What do you get? What, what Mikey didn't even want to run this segment today because it was too many BC errors in here. Well, what Don't do you, you want? I, I mean, when I'm when I'm holding the uh, when I'm holding this shit up, okay? Yeah, I do have that. I do have that there. So um, just bear with me. All right. Do we have the list, Gaff? Okay, dead wrong. It starts off like this. Hey, Luke in BC. It's MC here checking in from the UK. Day one, P1. Wow. Thanks for all the content. You guys do an awesome job. And BC, the way you arted your way through that solo intro. Okay, you can skip to, the fucking To Monday's job. show was inspiring. A oh, master at the peak of his powers. However, there was a little dead wrong in there too. At 755, you dropped some Eminem lyrics. And instead of saying, do not miss your chance to blow, you said, do not miss your chance to go. That was it. It didn't really bother me. I love you all the, the same. I just wanted to come on and get involved. And I've seen. Um, I, I've definitely seen you blow a few times. <laughs> I did blow that lyric live, and I regretted it in the moment that I that I uh, that I 
I missed that. But uh, I want you to point out our producer just he's, left the room. He hates it. He doesn't care. I always said the day that I could get 90% of his attention on us in terms of his like daily, weekly workload. It's, it's not today. If we had that, this show could, I mean, it could go. It could go. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it would. It, he's treating this show. You ever like been dragged to church? And you're like, I don't want to fucking be here. I just want to look at porn on my phone. That's, that's <laughs> oh my god! Wow, wow, wow! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, uh, you're like Sean Kemp was more there for his children than Matt Snyder is for us, right? <laughs> oh God, Jesus! I mean, that's not that's not fair. That's not fair. I, we're less his children and more like Michael Vick's dogs. I mean, I think uh, it's more. No, that's too far. That's too far. All right. Uh, speaking of things we'll later regret, uh, Jose sliding in. Hey, dogs. Jose Afonso here once again with a dead rock. On last Wednesday's show, BC said that Gastelum versus Whitaker was only three rounds, when in fact it was a five-round war. Yes, it was. It's a small mistake, but still a dead wrong one. Also, I would like to mention that when BC was saying that there's no such thing as Canadian food, true, he said that a poutinaire is a place, or a poutinery, is a place that Robert Kraft would go to. And you are dead right, BC. Look, you're hearing this shit? Oh, I did not know this. In fact, if you come to Brazil and you say you want to go to a putiero? Putiero. That sounds like a, yeah. You would live the Bob Craft experience. Much love from your biggest fan in Brazil, the land of beautiful people and broken English. And I hope you're all having a great Friday. Stay frosty. Um, what, I don't get the Robert Craft thing here. I guess if you want to go get a... And uh, that's where you yeah. okay. All right. All right. Or Orchids of Combat. There you go. Okay. Um Sean Sladen said about 45 minutes into episode 191, BC couldn't and I I I'm sorry to the PFL lead commentator, the play by play guy, because I never remember his name. They said uh He's good too. They said, dude, he fucking won that he's tournament. He's really good at his job, dude. He he's was on really Sirius good. X. He was dude, this is a true story about Sean O'Connell. He was so good doing MMA commentary and like analysis on Sirius XM that they gave him a shot to do other uh sports and he became like their Pac twelve guy. Like he's the guy at wow. Sirius XM for that. Um, dude, he's really good, and I not only did, couldn't remember his name last show, I, I called him Jason something. So the commentator's name is Sean O'Connell. Love the show. Sean O'Connell. Sean O'Connell is what I just said. I no, just, you said I Sean O'Connell. I had like a seizure during that. Okay. Uh, wow. I've been on the microphone way too much. I think half of our viewers would agree with that. Um, also, Steve says, on Monday, August 9th, at 119, Luke said Messi made $600 million from the club, and that doesn't include Nike money. When in reality, Messi is sponsored by Adidas. He signed a oh, lifetime shit. contract with them. Luke, you're dead wrong, motherfucker. I am dead wrong. Okay. I'll take that L. And finally, uh, many people slid in with this, Greg, Ahmed, Derek. Greetings, Luke and Brian. A little unorthodox of a dead wrong here. Okay. But it was funny to hear Luke, who's so used to addressing BC every episode, calling Rashad BC at around the 39-minute mark. I did do that. I called him BC like 10 times. I have to admit, it is slightly distracting how often you both call each other by your names. Albeit, none of us are perfect, and I absolutely love the show. I can't believe people for, get mad about this. Well, Luke, because there's a reason. When, when um, All right, because... When I do it, you, when you do it, you're just abusive with the term BC. You're, you, I, in fact, I was never actually called BC before this show, only because of your abuse for it, which is fine do by you, me. Are you under the impression that... But, that it, but it pisses people off. I only say Luke all the time because I lose you during the... 
Oh, fuck During, off. like, basically as soon as I get into, like, and you think, uh, and I you show think, camo mode. And you, you know? think saying my name brings me back? No, yeah, you, do it because old, you, do it the, you do it the same reason I do. It's an old school broadcasting trick. It's, yes. it's keep your audience engaged, okay? It's, that's about, why it's, no, it's, about, people, it's about the two-way. It's about the two-way. That's, that's why British about. people always end a sentence with, right? Isn't that? Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't you it? know? It's always like, you know, oh, they're, they're getting people involved, you know? So, Luke, I'll lose you at any point instantly. Yes, when you talk, it is boring. I agree. <laughs> so that's, so dead wrong? That's why, okay? It's a defense mechanism, all right? Oh. Some of us just want to be heard and, um, yeah. Someone said instead of those faces on your shirt, it should have been a, bun- uh, bun- been a bunch of dicks. Did I tell you I accidentally ended up in a gay bar? <laughs> this is true. I'll tell the story. I don't care. I had uh, I was a buddy of mine is moving back to DC from Switzerland, but he uh, still has to go back for six more months. So he's like, "Hey, it's gonna be my last day before I move back. Do you want to go for happy hour?" I was like, "Cool, let's go to happy hour." But he has he hasn't been in the city in two years, so he was like, "You pick the spot." So we went to a spot, and sure enough, it was closed by COVID. It was on it's on Fourteenth Street, and which is a nice area typically when there's not a shooting. But uh, <laughs> so. Uh, 14th Northwest. Anyway, so we were walking down the street, and we found this bar was completely empty. I'd never heard of it, and uh, there was no there was no indication automatically that it was a gay bar. It was like literally empty, and we go in there, and everything was fine. Oh, you trying to say they're not shooting in there? I'm sorry. What? Shooting? Sorry, if, if I've got to break down the joke for you, Luke. Don't get us fired with a dumb joke. Uh, I mean, to lose I mean, everything. That, to lose uh, everything on that. Isn't that the edge, though? That, that, so hold on, let me, it's a funny story. Let me just, it's a funny, funny story. Let me just finish it without your 50,000 interruptions. Very quickly. So we just order our drinks. We have a round. Nothing was there, blah, blah, blah. Until uh, finally, my friend was like, I'm going to piss. Let me be right back. He comes back. He's like, um, we're definitely in a gay bar. I'm like, how would you know? It's, there's less people here than it would be for the show. He's like, just just go to the bathroom. And I go to the bathroom, and all over the walls are just a thousand dicks from like gay porn magazines, old ones that had just been pasted to the wall. I'm like, yes. Okay, we are. We stayed for another round because it was quiet and nice. But uh, yeah, there was dicks all over the wall, much like your room in high school. Wow. <laughs> I mean, for whatever we had, Luke, it's gone. Okay. I mean, it's gone. All right. Let's. Uh, hey, I wandered into a game. Wow. What are you going to do? Let's end it on uh, tips here. This is every Friday. We got, if we have advice, if we have uh, encouragement, if we have a, uh, hey, check this out. We put it in this segment where we share a little love with you, with the community. Okay. It's called tip to tip or just the tip or something like we that. We never know what this is actually called. <laughs> Uh, it's usually like watch this awesome show or, you know, listen to this amazing 70s fusion band. But Luke, this week, do you, besides F Cleveland, do you have an official uh, tip to share with you? Yeah, I'll have two of them. I'll do the one I had officially done because we have the lower thirds for it. And then I'll give you a quick one here. The first one is very quickly. I said it yesterday on the show. If you've, if you've not done it, listen, I don't care whether you're vaxxed or unvaxxed for this. If you are traveling anywhere and they ask you to buy ticket insurance, do it, do it. Because if you get sick and you can show them the positive test and you have the insurance, most places, including most airlines, will refund you all of your money. I cannot, I, I'm usually the one that's ignored them. Oh, $9 for ticket. I, I just ignore it. Don't do that. Get the insurance. It will save you potentially hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in the right circumstance. That's the first one I would say. The second one is I have the best phone cover. <laughs> Look at that! I mean, it's hard to argue against that. That shit is. I mean, I know I am. I'm rocking a level of uh, luxury. Let's compare. uh, Let's compare. Comfort and stylings here. Look at this shit. 
And who t- so tell me who has the better phone case? This this is a Kate Spade case, as most of us know, but it's in the victory colors. I mean, look, you know that the trunks befitting of the champion in the UFC, Luke, they're yes. they're black with with gold. Okay. Well, mine is Schwarzenegger so this is a sending a Hellfire missile up a terrorist's ass. <laughs> this is a championship uh, phone cover, right? All here, right. So, and if you want to get this, they're nine dollars. You can go to just Google Schwarzenegger store. It'll pop up nine bucks. I got mine in about a week. Uh, they're good for all kind of iPhones and shit, and uh, go get one. They're How cool much for him to knock up my maid? He'll do that shit. For <laughs> oh, wow. All right. My tip of the week, as long as you're through, Luke. I'm done. Um, you know, this may be natural to other people, but unlike Luke Thomas, um, I don't put heat on my food. I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an old bitch when it comes to spices or, or hotness in that regard. But, you know, I got inspired, Luke, because remember you did that review of Dustin Poiboué's um, sauce. Um, his folks hooked me up with the uh, samples of the KO edition. So mm-hmm. you had the original Dustin Poirier, and now you got that KO knockout uh, ghost pepper shit. Now, if you tried that. The KO edition. Yes. Yes, I have. Well, we should do that during room service diaries. We should just go at yes, it. Yes, we should. Okay. Um, so I got, I ha- I'm starting to try to toughen up for this because uh, I want, you know, Luke, I watch hot ones. You watch hot ones, right? I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just good shit. And I it's want, fun. I want to be able to, uh, to, to do a little of that, but I have some really bad historical moments where it's like, I'm biting into a wing and I didn't know it was even a little bit hot and I'm like crying and there's like different fluids coming out of my body. But last night, Luke, we had a chill night. We'll probably put a couple away, right? We had a chill night. I didn't have and, any beers last night. And um, I may have had some hashtag reefer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I got a little Uber Eats. So I got, you know, pad thai, which is the most, you know, uh, generic thing you that, can that, buy. That's what Americans order exactly. when they go to Thailand. But yeah. do you know why? Because it's delicious. So I got the it's chicken good. pad thai, but because of the Uber Eats, you get so many options. You could add a dead body on top of your meal if you wanted. You, really you know, could. like you, you really could just could. keep adding more. Um, it was, you know, do you want to adjust the heat level? So I'm, I went up to the medium level, okay? And you know what, bro? Eating that shit was like being on like psychedelic drugs. Like it's a full body, mental, spiritual, uh, endocrinostic experience. Yeah, dude, dude, eating hot food is awesome. I, I, but you have to understand, I'm like, it's like kryptonite in the past to me. So I'm tra- it's like black licorice. Like I could never go near that shit. Dude, this is Yo, the that be- shit's the devil. This right? is the benefit of being around me. I am culturing you. <sighs> you um, you were at, you were uncivilized swine, and I have risen you out of the mud. Why does it feel like I'm getting groomed, though? (laughs) (laughs) I would say this. uh, We didn't plan this at all. I actually ordered from that same place. I didn't get the pad thai. I got the pad seagal. But, That's uh, a good dish. So I'm saying, I'm not fucking around here. I got very spicy. It was fucking great. Yo, even at the medium level, like my, uh, my mouth... My tongue and half of my face was was raw, and you know I may I may have been liquored up on the side that it, that really just you know in, embellished did the you situation. Have, did you booze last night? Um, I may have. Uh, oh. and, <laughs> no, I didn't. See, I didn't booze, uh, and yeah, I didn't booze at all either. Um, so really, I mean, Luke, it's a it's a fight. That's what, that's the difference because it makes your meal. An experience, like you know, everyone's like, "Yo, dinner's too boring." When I go out, I got to go out to like the German restaurant with the giant mugs and they're singing and dancing. Like people want an experience when they eat. You can have an out of body experience with the heat if it's just right. You got the, the medium, dude. It's not that hot. Yo, but for someone like me, I know, I know. This, it's, is, it's, uh, this is deep. It's, tra- the it's pool. training wheels. It's training wheels. So I'm saying that that was like, is it the kind of thing where like you get high the first time and it never feels like that again, and you're just chasing that shit? No, uh, it will be true that a lot of people don't know how to make spicy food fun. That's true, but I will say when you get the right pairing, 
Is this like performance enhancing drugs in your food? Because it's, it turns a meal, which is normally based on conversation and enjoying the food and filling your body up and one with whatever you're one with. And it's just this, yeah, man, um, this turns it into a, a, a war, a raw, just like fit of, cause you're so addicted to what, the back what, end of that we, tail. We, we, right? we all, the whole team here went for Mexican yesterday. What did I do when I ordered Mexican? You were like, you'll put some jalapenos on that shit. And then they put like a, like a and flood. I, and I them. ate every single one of them. And then, yeah, I, and, then you, I, and then I ordered hot sauce on top of yeah, it. Yeah, but look, your beard is multiple colors. You have no gallbladder. And you're, <laughs> and you're you know, you openly seek that out, right? That's, yes, that's I your have, I have developed a tolerance over time where I don't get quite the same. Spicy before. food, spicy women. Am I, am that's, I wrong? That's absolutely correct. Am I wrong? That's okay. I will say this. I think really... If, uh, if you if you're especially if you're of your situation where it's you're just now getting into it, dude, it's order spicy food, especially even like Asian cuisines and Indian cuisines. Yo, um, I felt like Rashad when he licked the toad. I'm telling you, I had an I had like were you a, sweating. It wasn't just sweating. I think I was outside of my body having a conversation with myself. Dude, I had the uh, I've had the hottest one. I had the. But uh, do you know that out of body experience yes. when it's hot? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I've had I one time had some like really really hot at a very very authentic place some Chinese food. And I had, uh, they had these chicken wings in New York City you can order, and that when you eat them, it numbs the entire inside of your mouth. It's so hot. That was a weird experience. Remember when we were kids, and we didn't have drugs when we were kids, but they gave us sit and spins. Remember that toy? It was a little, like... No, so, I've never done that. It was a little one-person, like, wheel to spin yourself around on, and you could get yourself, like, absurdly dizzy that you'd stand up, and it'd be like you're on drugs, and you're falling all over. The only problem with that toy, despite how horrific it probably is to your to your uh, body, is that it would it, you'd be head you'd be dizzy with headaches for like a long time after that. Also, sit and spin was a 1980s 1990s insult. Oh, no doubt about it. My wife still says it to me yeah. actually. Um, but Luke, I feel like this was that without the headaches. So it's kind of like. You know how, like, if you switch over to edibles instead of drink, you won't have the hangovers anymore. I think the staff fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, they did. Um, so that was the uh, that was that was my tip. That's it. Sweet. All right. Yeah. Uh, Luke, you and I will be back Saturday. This is going to be an all star cast hosting on the Showtime Sports yeah. uh, social channels. The weigh in for Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. The fight, of course, Sunday night at eight p.m. Eastern. But on Saturday, Luke, it's going to be you and I. It's going to be the Barstool Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy, Big Cat, Ariel Hawani on the staff, Phoenix Carnival in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else I'm forgetting? Oh, Jake Paul. Um, Logan Paul, excuse me. AJ McKee, who we had a nice chat with. Mm-hmm. So star-studded event. Tune in. And uh, these two. These two will be there. Showtime Sports Channel. I don't know if they're going to simulcast it here. But we may take some of the interviews and put them on All here. of our stuff this week, the... By the way, we're Public all over workout. the all, we should say the all access stuff on Showtime yeah. Sports. We're all over that. So shit. you can watch the episode of All Access, which was already out, which chronicles the build to this. But now there's All Access Dailies, which is um, I don't know if it's in our contract to be in that much, but there's really it's almost like a morning combat documentary in some ways. Well, they're putting effort into it, so in many ways, it's actually not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is all of our events this week have been simulcast on Jake Paul's YouTube channel, right. which, which ain't bad either. Luke, I didn't know okay? that was going to happen. I found that out actually yesterday. So so Barstool Sportsbook is a big sponsor in this event, so hopefully we can catch up with those guys this week. That you know, I mean, are you a big uh, one-bite guy? The pizza reviews, the Dave Portnoy? Oh, I've seen those. I, I don't know. I frankly don't know much about Barstool. I don't consume any of their stuff, but... Um, 
Uh, I'm told that uh, Big Cat does a very popular podcast and is a nice guy, so I'm looking forward to hanging. Wow, that was, I met that I met was Dave so Portnoy. Old. Yeah, it was that was very, a very old response. Right? It's fine. I'm, I met Dave Portnoy. I spoke to him at actually May Mac. He was in the media room, and I met him through Robbie from Barstool. Robbie, I know yes, a lot and I like yes. him a lot. And, Unabashed, uh, Robbie Fox. Unabashed at exactly who he is. Yep, that's who he is. So um, I've only had good good uh, interactions with the guys, but I don't I don't actually know them or, or listen to their stuff. Um, do you think Schmo knows his way around the gym? Yeah, Schmo works out. Schmo's in good good shape. Yo, you should work out with him. Why? Two 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 minds just getting together. You know, just just right. All right. Look, this is this has been like a like a I'm a, not a, a be, two man improv see, show in which one guy on. doesn't no, no, speak no. English at all. So you, he's you, just do, like, you do this bit where you do jokes for like the 15 people that love everything you say. And I am not going to laugh on their behalf. All right. Thank you. Thank you but to you the staff who've um, painstakingly um, sat through all this. And uh, thank you to the viewers out there. <laughs> uh, we'll get some room service diaries out there in the ethos. Check out our interviews, which are on YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. For all the bonus and extras, if you missed our chat with Jake Paul this week, Tyron Woodley, uh, Tommy Fury, Amanda Serrano, very good stuff right there. Check out All Access Daily. Check out the fight Sunday night. You can go to show.com, that's S-H-O, slash P-P-V, pay-per-view. Uh, why don't you order it now? You don't want any last-minute hiccups or difficulties um, if, if everyone's trying to order at once and you can't get in. You kind of have to see what happens in this fight. It's just the way, It's just what it is, Luke. You gotta, you, you, I got to see. I got to see, right? I am curious. I am definitely curious to see what, especially on, for Tyron's sake. I'm really, really curious. All right. Uh, star-studded. So these two stars are going to be front and center. Um, many different nations and backgrounds coming together. And also, don't this. forget, post-fight show. We will be right here for your post-fight show. Me, BC, live, reacting the whole nine yards. All right. For Luke Thomas, my name is Brian Campbell. It's been a pleasure doing this show with you. Uh, we've jumped the shark, probably. We're probably in the twilight of our run together. We but, suck. But uh, we out.